Welcome to Lionheart Podcast, Episode 3, The Ancient Wisdom of Water Fasting. Definitely one of my most favorite topics and health and well-being practices. Today, I'll be speaking with Tyler Tolman. Tyler is an expert in the field of natural health, longevity, and detoxification. He is well known for his passion and desire to help people return to their natural state of wholeness and perfect health. He is also well known for helping people who have been diagnosed with chronic disease that has been deemed incurable by Western medicine. Tyler uses the unique approach of combining ancient wisdom with modern science. The information, knowledge, and experience shared in today's episode is truly eye-opening. Today's topic, the ancient wisdom of water fasting, we will explore the how-tos, the whys, and the many powerful benefits of water fasting on a spiritual, emotional, and physical level. Tyler will also share some of his personal experiences with water fasting and some healing success stories of people that he has guided through the fasting process at his retreats in Bali. Welcome, Tyler. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers. It's great to see you again. And I really want to start with your words of wisdom, the um, heal thyself. Can you speak a little to that and what that's all about? Yeah, well, you know, back in the days... Uh, when water fasting was prominent within, I would say, you know, men of wisdom or philosophers like Socrates and Plato and Hippocrates. Uh, Hippocrates is somebody we look to, um, you know, from the medical field or even healers and naturopaths. They look to Hippocrates because he laid the foundation for modern medicine. And he said, physician, heal thyself. So I feel as if I'm going through this process of becoming the greatest physician that I can. And, you know, we got to look at the definition of physician in the Latin means uh, a knowledge of nature. And in the Greek, uh, it means somebody who has the ability to facilitate healing. Mm. So for me, a physician is someone who has a great knowledge of nature and how to apply that to principles of healing. And in my opinion, the greatest physicians are the ones that heal themselves. Uh, because, you know, I think you would agree and most people agree today, as we're raised in regular society, we become quite sick mentally, emotionally, physically, due to environmental toxins and maybe not the best relationships and so many factors in our food, air, pollutants, water, pollutants, things of this nature. So as we truly apply principles to heal ourselves, we learn about you know what is it that actually creates healing and as we start to apply those principles to other individuals with you know minor sickness or major disease and we can we can see and track them coming back to a state of health that's truly you know where uh, the greatest wisdom comes from because it's in the practice and it's where really heal thyself comes from like i i'm not going to heal anybody else mm. I'm not a healer, so to speak, that's just going to put my hands up and heal you. I'm the type of individual who observes nature and has applied these principles and facilitated healing for myself and others. And now I have information if the individual's willing to listen and apply these principles, I, I believe that they will have that same profound experience of healing. And, you know, we've been tracking this for many years with, you know, traditional pathology, blood tests. And, you know, just overall symptoms being alleviated and, and all this wonderful stuff. So really, Tyler, it's the body that heals itself um, by applying exactly. these principles of nature. And one of the main yeah. principles we would call, would you, would you would say, would, would be, all, especially in your experience, would be water fasting. Is that right? Yeah, well, when we think about, okay, you know, what is it that actually activates healing? And it's like, oh, it's the body itself. Today, we're not really dealing with uh, major deficiencies, so to speak. Um, we're dealing with overwhelm. So, you know, everybody's overwhelming themselves with excess protein, being overwhelmed with preservatives and artificial colors and, you know, chemicals 
in our personal care, like we're being overwhelmed and inundated with toxicity, so to speak, and congesting ourselves with too much. Um, when we look at the longest lived cultures on the earth, and when we look at really healthy people, typically they're consuming less um, or they're consuming the right types of things that keep everything functioning, hydrated, moving, et cetera. So when we're overwhelmed and we're congested, it's actually the process of just stopping and letting the body catch up. So doing a water fast is just allowing the body to heal itself and not hindering that process. It's just complete stopping. So any mammal that we find in nature, whether it be you know a deer, and I'm talking about not domesticated animals, I'm talking about animals actually in nature, when they get sick, they all water fast. Yes. So if all of a sudden they're off track, they'll just drink water and they won't eat, or they might have a little bit of grass or something just to calm the stomach, um, you know, and even get the juices from the grass just to alkalize a bit, but mainly water fast just to allow the body to heal itself. And now there's some really cool science that's become available um, that shows the process, exact processes of what's happening when we simply just stop and drink water uh, what actually happens, and that's pretty cool. All right, let's jump straight into that then. I, I believe that the brain regenerates, of course, the body detoxifies and purifies. Um, but tell us more what actually happens in the body when we stop giving it everything, anything but water? Yeah, so I'll talk about kind of the scientific process of what happens. Um, you know, I eat a meal, my body takes a couple hours, typically, if it's a big meal to digest that in the stomach, I'm getting the carbohydrates, I'm getting the fats, I'm getting the proteins, I'm getting all these nutrients. Once it's out of the stomach, it's in the small intestine. And, you know, for a really healthy person, that might be like an eight to 12 hour or longer process of really absorbing nutrients. Um, so our main uh, fuel for cells in the brain and everything, of course, is carbohydrates, and some people will call this sugars. So as soon as I eat a meal, if I've got carbohydrates, whether it be bread or pasta or, or you know, some type of whole foods, my body is going to uptake that straight away. And as I uptake that from the food, I have about a 12-hour storage. So you know, glucose is converted into something called glycogen. It's stored in the liver. Uh, we have you know the stuff stored in our muscles as well. So as soon as I don't have any intake of food or calories or sweeteners or anything like this for 12 hours, those glycogen stores will start to be used up, like start to run out. So as I'm running out of these sugars that my body wants for the brain to be optimal and the muscles to have energy and all this sort of stuff. In fact, if I wake up in the morning after, you know, a really good sleep, eight to 10 or been 12 hours since I've had a meal and I do some form of exercise, my muscle is going to require some sugar. So it might put me into that process even a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. But the idea is within 12 hours, I'm running out of uh, sugar stores. So my body will start to go into a process called ketosis. Yeah. And this is where I start to use some of my fat stores to create sugars essentially um, in, instead of getting sugars directly. And it's, it's called gluconeogenesis. So my body will say, okay, I've got all this excess fat. Now it's a rainy day. Let's start to break down some of this excess fat and use it for energy. And in this process, there's a couple of key things that happen. Um, when I say key things, one of those is ketones. Yes. And ketones, ketone bodies, um, have the ability to nourish the brain in a different kind of way um, that can be quite nurturing to the brain and to the central nervous system. Um, so ketosis can be really good for epileptic patients or people with neurodegenerative conditions. Getting into ketosis, potentially even on a daily basis, is going to keep you know, our brain nervous system going for a lot, 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 lot longer rather than just having access to sugar all the time and constantly burning. Uh, this ketosis can be quite regenerative. Um, another thing that happens, and this is really cool from the University of Southern California, there's a Professor Longo and Professor Kuhn got together and they did all this research. They got heaps of funding from the pharmaceutical industries. And they discovered that when our body goes into full ketosis and starts breaking down fat, what happens is stem cells are released. Mm. 
Mm. Now a stem cell is like, if you can imagine we have eye cells, liver cells, bone cells, all these different kinds of cells within the body. A stem cell is like a, a cell that could potentially become any cell. And the cells that can become any cell are called pluripotent cells. They have pluripotency, which means they can become any cell. So if you can imagine, we start to run out of sugars, our body goes into ketosis, it's good for the brain, our body starts to break down fat, which we know is a good thing, which is getting rid of some of the excess insulin and things that are stored, mm -hmm. um, you know, gets rid of some of the toxins because fat is kind of like a buffer for toxicity. A lot of times we put down fat to soak up extra toxins, um, you know, that might be due to environmental toxicity or a backed up colon or something of this nature. So there's a lot of cool benefits, but these stem cells have this thing called pluripotency, which means they can become any cell in the body. Now, there's a key factor to understand here that all this is great and wonderful, uh, but we have an enzyme called PKA that prevents the uptake of these pluripotent stem cells to just fix and repair everything. Mm. So what Professor Longo provided scientifically was like, the breakthrough science of like, wow, once we hit 48 hours. Mm. So like there's this magic that takes place when all of a sudden we've gone 48 hours with no sugars and no calories and our body's in this producing lots of stem cells now. You gotta understand mm. like within two days you're fully starting into ketosis, especially if you've cleared the digestive system, you've done a little bit of exercise, you know, otherwise it might take three days. Mm. But within about this 48 hour period, our body naturally suppresses what's called PKA and the stem cells start to uptake. Mm -hmm. So, you know, University of Southern California, they basically told us within a three day fast, that's complete fast on water. Yes. Our entire immune system wow. resets itself. Wow. Meaning that all the old white blood cells that maybe had just been, you know, it's kind of like an old military if you can imagine like the veterans never went home because when we're constantly eating three meals a day, it's a, uh, it's a lessened activity of this replacement of our immune cells. Mm. So during, I don't know, I'm just kind of blurting a lot out here, but when we're in ketosis, breaking down fat, our body also has all this free energy to go into a process called autophagy. Yes. And that means to self digest. So what happens is if I've got weak white blood cells, my body recognizes, oh, hey, there's all these soldiers out there in the field that are old. Let's go ahead and just let them go home, put them on a pension. So inside the body, it's like, let's recycle all these white blood cells that are really ineffective. And let's use all these stem cells that are now floating everywhere to just completely rebuild this new immune system. So this is quite a powerful process that takes place. Uh, where most people are, you know, have lowered functioning immune system and it's probably why they're getting the flu every year and they get colds and they get sick and they get these things coming up. For someone who does this process, that doesn't happen anymore because we have a really strong immune system. And if you go back to ancient times, especially real ancient Egypt, you'll discover in their writings that they did three days of water fasting every single month. Yeah. And they did that on the new moon. So it's almost like there was this profound wisdom, maybe without the science, who knows, where they just knew if, if they went three days on a water fast, it would reset their immune system and they would avoid sickness and disease. And when I discuss real Egypt, I'm talking about the old Egypt. I'm not talking about kind of the end where the fall was. But if you look at like Herodotus and you look at Homer and some of these individuals from Greece that traveled there, they say the Egyptians were the cleanest culture that ever existed, the happiest and the healthiest, and also the most religious. And when they say religious, they probably meant like they were very systematized what they did every single day. They woke up at the same time, they all would watch the sunrise, they would all fast together for three days on the new moon. You know, there were big cycles that they would go through that pretty much everybody did together. So hmm. there's a little bit like rituals and community yes exactly so three days of water fasting can rebuild your entire immune system real like three days that's what the science is telling us 
And again, people can look up University of Southern California um, Reset Immune System, and they can pull up some of this research. That's amazing. That's amazing. Look, I just want to ask, because you, you, you sort of do, the, you speak of ancient wisdom and then there's modern science. What is the actual combination? Like, why is this wisdom ancient? Why did we lose it? What happened to us, <laughs> do, do you think? Uh, well, you know, it's, you know, we could go kind of woo-woo here or we could keep it basic, but essentially I believe there was a big shift um, in human consciousness in general, and we had kind of a, a whole religious age that came in, um, you know, where I worship these gods, and if you don't worship these gods, then I don't like you, and so we need to go to war. Yeah. And this became just kind of warring factions all around the world, and, you know, these people pretty much went around, and if they didn't like what you were doing, they would just cut your heads off and start over and they I you know I think that a lot of religions um, you know have you know a very strong hold on their people and, and there's a bit of control there around you know paying your tithing or taxes to the church and so they really like wanted to suppress everything except for their main doctrines mm -hmm. and you know anytime you really suppress people and try to control them you know I think people just lose touch with their you know, traditions to a degree. And it's a real shame. Yes, and also our own innate wisdom, because when you say the animals in nature will instinctively fast when they're sick, that's because they're tuned into their bodies. So they can know when their bodies need to, need to fast. But we need, oh, <laughs> humans seem to need to uh, be told, <laughs> you're sick, you better fast. <laughs> So, yeah, and you know, it's the opposite these days. I'm working with a man in hospital right now, and he went in with a major liver condition, and he's got liver markers and everything up to the level of, like, he's going to die. And, you know, they found out who I am, and they booked, you know, to do some coaching because they wanted some assistance. And so I came in and said, look, you got to do this, 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 and this. And, you know, his blood markers, they do it every day, are going up, 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 up. And as soon as I gave him all these protocols, simple things, lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, um, a little bit of olive oil to, you know, lubricate everything and get things moving out of the liver and some other things, immediately you can see the trend going up and you can see the very next day it dropped by 30 points and then it drops by more. And so you can see the trend down. And the entire time the nutritionists, and the doctors in the hospital are saying, hey, what are you doing? Like, you, you know, as far as the way he looks, like you need to have chicken soup. You need to have meat. You need to eat your protein so that you can heal. Mm. You know, I'm over here saying don't eat anything. Drink juices and do this stuff and allow the body to heal itself. The liver is majorly congested. You don't want to be putting chicken and beef, you know, proteins that the liver has to break down on top of an already congested liver. So this is the problem we have, you know, not only is there not somebody to say, hey, you should listen to your body and fast, but we have professionals mm. saying, hey, congest yourself more three times a day with the most shit food that you could have ever have access to in a hospital and you're dying of a major liver cancer. So, and you know, I asked the guy, I'm like, well, how do you feel about it? And he says, well, I don't feel like eating anything. I, I love just the fact that I'm having these juices and in fact, the only time I am eating is because they're telling me I have to to have energy and I don't like it. And it's like, well, man, listen to your body and you hired me for a reason. And, you know, ever since we've started, we've seen this success. So it's, it's a real big issue um, mm. because these things have been forgotten. Mm. And it comes back to the heal thyself because um, when we listen to our own body, our body knows how to heal itself. But we just have to listen, don't we? Yes. And, you know, anybody, I would say most people, when they get really sick, um, they just don't want anything. They stay hydrated. And in a lot of cases, people don't even want to drink. And in cases where people are getting really hydrated, that's where hospitals can really help by doing an IV just to keep the person hydrated, keep the sodium potassium levels balanced. So it's not all bad. There's still some really good, you know, obviously emergency situations. Hospitals will save your life. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's like, you know, okay, well, 
you know, listening to your body and allowing this process is, is super important. Is water fasting always the answer? I mean, I do appreciate it's a very powerful process. Um, I really do. From I've experienced it myself. I've seen others have I mean, incredible results. I've seen the stories you've told, heard, and, and I know of them. It isn't always the answer. Is there anyone that can't do water fast for some reason? Yeah, there's lots of people that shouldn't water fast. Hmm. Um, and the way my dad describes it is quite brilliant. He says there's fasting. He calls it fast, faster, and fastest. And what this relates to is a fast way to heal, a faster way to heal, and the fastest way to heal. Water fasting is the fastest way to heal. But if you're really toxic and you just all of a sudden don't eat anything, just start drinking water, you could over-toxify your body. Mm. So sometimes there's a process of like slowly getting the crap out and maybe even nurturing your body and alkalizing your body to a degree uh, before going into major water fast because you start major water fasting, all your organs start to detox. And if you're already really toxic, you're not supporting the channels of elimination properly, these things will back up and become potentially even more damaging. So we need to understand the four channels of elimination and how to support those processes. We have defecation, urination, perspiration, and respiration. So we want to support removal of excess toxicity and waste from the digestive system because that's typically where people are the most backed up and create the most problems. Mm. And in a lot of cases, that's going to require a lot of fiber. And this mm. is why like the one product I've had ever since I started doing this has been a colon cleanse, just a basic colon cleanse. Mm. And it's fiber and clay to get rid of pesticides and herbicides and get, get everything moving out first. Yeah. Just doing a colon cleanse for a lot of people is enough. Yeah. Um, then, so basically fast is fruit. So once you clean the digestive system out, if you just were to eat fruit, it's hydrating. It's got both soluble and insoluble fibers, you know, yeah. eating different kinds of fruit. You got pectins and apples. You got all of these antioxidants yeah. and it moves fast through the system. So if you eat an apple, it moves very quickly through the digestive system. It doesn't require all this work and hydrochloric acid and all these enzymes and all these different things just to try to break it down. So we actually save a lot of energy not having to digest heavy food. Yes. And it's very cleansing. Yes. So if somebody were just to eat fruit only, they would actually be detoxing. Mm -hmm. You know, you see this a lot. People eat fruit and they get bloated. It's like, well... That's because you're backed up and the fruit's fermenting. It's not able to move. So you might need to only eat fruit for a long period of time to clean all that stuff out, get the pipes moving before you'd want to go into maybe a juice or a water fast. And most deficiencies happen from digestive inflammation. For example, if you have too much acids in the small intestine, it becomes inflamed in your body. The little villi that absorb everything from your small intestine shrivel up. Mm. And these are the cells that absorb iron. Mm. These are the cells that absorb B12 to become an active form of B12 and other things. Mm. So, you know, I, I do clinical fasting. Mm -hmm. um, I do like to be a little bit responsible when people are coming to stay, you know, especially for 20, 30 more days on water, because that can be very, very healing. But it's important to make sure people aren't deficient in certain things. Otherwise, it could be detrimental. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's using the ancient practices. And I would say that water fasting is the best thing that anybody can do for healing. But some people you'd have to work with for maybe a month or two months or even three months, getting them prepared and built up and strong enough to be able to do a water fast and then receive all the healing benefits from it. Okay, so really you're speaking of those with chronic disease, yeah? Backed up. <laughs> yes, and some people might be deficient without chronic disease mm -hmm. because they have minor inflammation in the digestive system that they're unaware of. Mm. I would say that most people have inflammation and conditions and potential deficiencies without even knowing it. Mm. 
Can you go through some of the experience that happens when when we do a water fast? Um, I've heard you speak of this before. It was it was just great. Where there's sort of like we go through stages when the body's fasting for three days just on water, and then ten days, and it goes into quite a deep spiritual and emotional detox as well. Can you touch on that a bit? Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that I share is for every day we water fast, it's almost like emotionally and energetically we're going back a year and clearing some of the maybe the physical toxicity and things we've been doing over the last year but also digging deep into maybe some emotional things that we've um had come up and i believe when we're in a negative emotional space a lot of times we suppress it um uh, with food or with drugs or coffee alcohol whatever we suppress this and our emotional molecules are actually molecules. They're physical things that exist within us. And so if I, my dad dies or I have a breakup or something big happens to me and I have this emotion and I just kind of suppress it by eating and cracking on, drinking, whatever it is, the emotional molecules become stored within us. And a lot of times the baggage that we have as far as actual fat is emotional baggage. So what I find is when somebody's doing a fast, and I've done this with hundreds of people, everything's fine, they're fasting for seven days, and then all of a sudden on day eight, they're puking and they're dying and they're in pain and they got all this stuff going on. And I'll come to them and say, hey, you know, what day are you on the fast? Oh, I'm on day eight. What happened to you eight years ago? And nearly every time the person will be like, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm feeling like my, my father died or this big thing changed in my life and I was sick and you know it was really bad emotional time and I had this exact experience I just finished a 10-day water fast a couple weeks ago and you know I had a big separation in my relationship I've been married for 10 years got a beautiful daughter and you know it's just like adjustment bureau came in and all these things happened Everything seemed to be perfect, and all of a sudden, we're, we're separated. And so I think there was a lot of emotional stuff that because I had programs, because I was touring, because I was doing all this stuff, you know, I did suppress a lot of what was happening just to kind of keep cracking on, you know, making enough money for the family and, and, you know, keeping the business going. And so when I went on the fast, literally, it was the first night, like 24 hours I just fully like felt like I was going to die, you know, like cold, hot sweats, puking, acid, emotion, like the whole thing. And it was like, it was almost like I felt like I cleared all the toxicity on the first 24 hours. And I know that it's related for sure because the next day, you know, there's 10 of us, we all got together and I really was able to open up and share and I had a good cry and like really it was, you know, nine other men that I really felt like I could share what had happened. So, you know, big thing, people, you know, focus on the physical benefits of fasting and really like the emotional healing, mental and emotional healing that take place, especially on a water fast, because we're just completely humbled and we're not able to suppress anything and everything just comes to the surface. And especially if you're in the right situation, you know, with the right kind of people or healers that can facilitate or whatever, we really can clear a lot of the stuff. And as we are in ketosis and burning through about a half a kilo of fat every day, just to maintain our metabolism, these emotional molecules will be released. You'll be able to feel it and clear it truly without, you know, eating something and resuppressing these types of issues. So, yeah, really, really profound level of mental and emotional healing that take place with fasting. And if people are aware of this, when they hit these major points and they feel like, oh, this isn't good for me, I'm going to die, I need to stop. It's like, no, this is the work. Like, yeah, you just hit something. And it's, you know, you always go through that. You always say if, if something major shows up, you at least wait till the next day to assess if you should eat something or not. But typically by the next day it's cleared and you're in a much better place. That is so profound and thank you for sharing because I'm sure that's going to help a lot of people to really, um, really get the deep process that happens from water fasting. And the thing that's amazing to me is when you think of water fasting, 
it's like, what do you do? Well, nothing, just drink water. That's it. There's, there's actually a lot more to it, but yeah. <laughs> well, I guess sort of practice kind of, you know, like there's no, it, it just seems it's to stop, rest and drink water and heal. But to, exactly. under, to understand what's actually happening, to understand that this is healing, that the discomfort, the, you know, the difficult time is actually healing. And to hear your story, I can hear that you, you know, you came, come out of it kind of like, like a whole new being. Thousand percent. Then all of a sudden, clarity um, of direction that I'm wanting to go, and new inspiration. You know, behind all this pent up emotional stuff that was potentially hindering me from moving forward. Um, you know, I was after like 48 hours of my fast, I was inspired and clear, and you know, in a really good place. And of course, there's always going to be ups and downs and little bumps and pieces here and there. Um, but in general, like I, I accomplished more mentally emotionally and connecting you know with my family and and business ideas and and taking action in my business it was like so much that happened in that you know the last uh, you know seven days um after the first couple days i you know got behind me that was just absolutely profound i feel like what i accomplished in seven days of that water fast specifically you know, if I was 100% focused while I was eating, it would take me months and months and months to do, so. Well, what you've done, what I've seen you done in five, in doing five or six or seven or eight years has been incredible. <laughs> so you seem to just keep going with that, but you do water fast frequently, is that right? Or how often do you fast, that's the question. Yes, well, my goal is seven to 10 days water fasting every three to four months. I have another one coming up. Um, I have a training program called Heal Thyself Academy, and I'm training physicians, um, you know, my version of physicians. We call them Heal Thyself Coaches, and they learn iridology and sclerology and how to read the face and nails and tongue and different things, different signs that things are going on. Um, and then they give protocols for people to heal. Um, yeah. And essentially the next one that I have on is in January and it's basically an open invite to all the coaches and students to come and do a fast with me for seven to 10 days. And I, I want to continue that process about every three to four months. Um, Socrates and Plato yes. were both known to fast 10 days at a time on water for mental and physical efficiency. So it's something that did, they did quite often. And, you know, if you look to the past, Plato and Socrates were known to have created massive shifts um, in civilization and morals and ethics and politics and commerce and, you know, just being moral, good human beings. You know, and Pythagoras and all these other da Vinci and interesting people you know, incorporated fasting on a regular basis. But it might be good um, also sort of what to do in between fasts. It's, it's kind of important to stay clean and healthy as best as possible. And this is something I also learned from you was if you do have a blowout, just fast for a day or juice for a day or a couple of days. And it just, it does help. It resets everything, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, a lot of times if people realize like, oh, I, I feel like I'm getting the sniffles mm. or I'm getting a cold or I'm getting cold sweats or I feel like a fever coming on, open the four channels of elimination and fast for a day. And typically it clears, you know, basically our vents are backed up. Uh, so if we want to prevent disease or sickness, we open up the vents. You open the digestive system, you have fluids and open the urinary system you open up the skin with cleaning methods and maybe sit in a sauna and sweat it out. And you do these deep breathing exercises. Mm. So you get all the vents and all the acids and all the congestion out fairly quickly. And then all of a sudden it just passes and you don't have to be knocked out and, you know, having a fever for five days, 10 days, whatever it is, feeling like you're dying. Yeah. Just knocks it out. I also just want to clarify the difference between juice fasting, other than the obvious, when we're on juice fasting, we're just taking juice, but this profound, deep purification cleansing that you've just described and also autophagy, ketosis, 
this won't happen on a juice fast, will it? Or will it? I'm, I don't think so because we're still taking sugars. And so would that be the key difference between juicing and water fasting, the depth of healing? Yes. And now there's science to show us, which also relates back to ancient wisdom as well, yes. um, that there's an amount and kind of timing that can take place if we are on a juice fast and still get the benefits of a water fast. Um, so that's really promising. Um, but in general, if somebody's just juice fasting and drinking however much juice they want, it's very healing. Um, mm. There's lots of different you know, fibers that are coming from juices. You know, we think, oh, juice doesn't have fiber. Well, no, it's still got, you know, hundreds of thousands of little microfibers that are coming in and cleaning out the liver and cleaning out the circulatory system and, and going to work for our healing. So juices are fantastic. Mm. And juice fasting is probably where people should start because mm. it gives the digestive system a break. It adds energy. It adds a massive amount of antioxidants and little fibers and vitamins and you know, all this nutrients that maybe people are lacking, it alkalizes the body in most cases, uh, hydrates the body in most cases. So people can have massive healing take place over longer periods of juice fasting. And, you know, people that have tired, general tiredness and, and any types of issues, if they'll just do three to five days, seven or 10 days on juices, they'll immediately most likely feel some level of improvement minus may maybe some major detox in the beginning mm. um so but yes there's going to be some of those things like ketosis and autophagy and some other factors that will be hindered mm. um, because there probably will be enough sugars and everything for the body to to do what it needs to do what about what happens in the brain i believe that even during intermittent or short fasts and there is a regeneration of brain cells, neurogenesis, neurogenesis, which is quite a, maybe that's where all that clarity comes from. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so again, looking back, ancient Egypt and even other cultures and some long-lived cultures, they do intermittent fasting. So some cultures will do, again, like one day a week. Others will do two days a week. And then some just kind of live their lifestyle like this every single day. Mm. So there's a lot of cultures that, you know, eat a big breakfast and a light lunch and they don't eat dinner. They have like a tea or something like this. Mm -hmm. And then there's others that it's kind of the opposite. They don't really eat in the morning, but midday they might have a big meal and then nighttime they have something light and something to eat. So, you know, there's two major factors in all, you know, it's called gerontology, the study of longevity from around the world. Every university that studies longevity, they know that there's two main factors that create the most boost in our longevity. You've got all these little factors like resveratrol, we got telomerase, we got all these little kind of factors that are great, but the big ones, and sometimes they don't really say this, the big ones are two things that anybody can do. Calorie restriction, which means in general, eating less calories over long periods of time or less calories every day or making up with less calories by fasting a day or two a yeah. week. Anything we do that brings our caloric intake down per week is beneficial for longevity. And then the other one is cycled fasting. So there's a lot of benefits that mimic caloric restriction um, and have the same, if not better, benefits. And that's cycles of fasting giving the body a complete break, letting all the enzymes and all the body, you know, the insulin levels, insulin sensitivity, protein recycling, protein utilization, um, you know, all these cool factors increase for the better when we give the body time to just rest and heal. And then when we eat, the body utilizes the food we are consuming much more efficiently. So, you know, what I like to do most of the time is intermittent fasting till about midday. So typically I'm not eating anything till 12, sometimes even one o'clock, but I might have sometimes a juice or something like that earlier. Um, and then doing my best to have, you know, my, my biggest meal is typically dinner. Uh, so typically by 5.30, 6 o'clock. And once I have that big meal, I'm done. And then after that, it might be, you know, just water only, or I might have a tea, chamomile tea, just a relaxed night 
go to bed, get a good night's sleep. And those, you know, I think that everybody that I've ever experienced that starts intermittent fasting, not eating till around midday and then stopping consumption around six or seven o'clock at night tends to have a lot more energy in the morning mm. and clarity and they feel better. So the benefits, because, you know, again, if I stop eating at six o'clock at night, by six o'clock in the morning, my body's in nutritional ketosis. Mm. So if I get up and, you know, support the channels of elimination, I hydrate, go for the walk, I use those excess sugars. Now those ketones are feeding my brain and repairing my body's getting rid of a little bit of excess fat and toxins. And I'm doing that from six in the morning till noon. That's a, a six hour window where my body's able to heal and repair and do all this cool stuff every day, as opposed to just waking up and eating and stopping that process every day and then not getting the healing benefits, just accumulating fat over time, et cetera, et cetera. Tyler, just quickly, I want to clarify uh, ketosis. Um, I really appreciate the, the, the um, ketosis in water fasting, but ketosis is spoken about a lot lately as a diet. And most of all, it's, it's about eating a lot of um, meat or you know, fats and not having sugars and carbs. So I really want to clarify that there's a huge difference here when the body is in ketosis on a water fast that's eliminating. But if the body's in ketosis and not eliminating and we're ingesting meat and things like that, what are your thoughts on that? I can't imagine that could be any good at all. Yeah, so you know, for me, when I'm gonna eat something, I want it to be highly nutritious, like full of B vitamins, full of vitamin C, which we don't make like other animals, and to be full of phytonutrients and antioxidants and fiber. Uh, when I'm eating food, I want that to be cleaning me out, not backing things up and creating congestion. Mm. So the problem with you know animal products is they don't contain fiber, uh, and they're really low in you know most of the vitamins. Like if you take a caloric equivalent of broccoli and you know red meat or whatever it is, or any plant-based item for that matter, the plant-based item is going to have a massive amount of vitamins, minerals, nutrients, whereas the meat's going to have a very low amount. The plant's going to have a high amount of fiber. The meat doesn't have any. And this, the meat's very high in calories. The, the plants are low in calories. Mm. So, you know, even if you eat a small amount, you're satiating your caloric intake mm. per day where you're eating too many calories. And that's the main detriment to aging. That's the main detriment to so many things. So what happens is people, the more meat you eat, the more you kind of just focus on that and you eat a lot less plants because calorically you're satiated already um, from the dense animal food. And what happens is become congested. Over long periods of time, we become nutritionally deficient. We become highly dehydrated, um, you know, because it takes a lot of water and things like this um, to be able to digest. So, you know, people lose weight mainly on a ketogenic or animal-based diet because they become so dehydrated. Wow. Um, but it looks like, you know, your muscles become defined. You might get a six-pack or, you know, you're losing a lot of water weight, though, uh, which is not a good thing. So from a ketosis perspective, on a daily basis, when I'm not eating, I'm burning my own fat. I'm running on the fat stores that have accumulated so I'm burning my own fat and that's creating stem cells. That is not happening when you're eating a lot of fat. You're actually burning the fat that you're consuming. Um, yes, your body gets efficient at burning fat. So you're going to burn your own fat when you're not eating. Okay, so there are, there's that benefit. But most animal products and, and fat sources, you got to understand fat in nature is a system for absorbing toxins. So if I eat a cow, um, basically, you know, a piece of cow meat is calorically mostly fat. Like people say, oh, I'm going to have a steak. I need my protein. Well, you're actually getting more fat calorically than you're getting protein. And the fat stores of that animal eating potentially foods with pesticides, herbicides, genetically modified stuff, that's the, you're going to have so many more pesticides and herbicides and toxins in that fat than you would ever get from sprayed fruits and vegetables. Yeah. So the problem is we have fear around fruits and vegetables because of the pesticides, 
And then people are like, oh, I'm just going to eat meat. But there's actually more pesticides and herbicides in the meat because of all the genetically modified food that's being grown so that it can handle more glyphosate and these sprays is all being fed to the animals for their whole lifetime. Wow. Most GMOs go to animal feed, not to actual human consumption. So it's, it's a really kind of skewed way of looking at things, thinking, oh, I'm going to be on a ketogenic diet and I'm going to be healthy and lose weight. It's, there are benefits from ketosis yeah. for the brain, um, but you know, if the brain's not getting all the other nutrients and things that it's looking for, you know, you're looking at you know, probably one to two or three years on that type of diet before you start to have some major problems. And there's just no long-lived culture on the planet that eats that way. It just yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. Every long-lived culture eats a plant-based diet. You know, there's other factors that we could discuss. Um, but, you know, I'm not willing to go try somebody's fad diet um, to, you know, lose some water weight and have a six-pack if, you know, if you, 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 know, you don't see that anywhere in long-lived cultures, you know. So, anyway, lots of science behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's probably the strictest diet you could ever do that's really hard to live by. And this is my opinion. Yeah. Do that for a year or two. You're going to probably be coming to me and spending the next couple of years reversing the damage that you've done. I've had a lot of, you know, people that have done the keto thing and they're promoting all the products and they're making money from it and it's working great. They got a six pack, they got muscles, they're feeling good, but it only lasts for so long. And I've had these people contact me to have private consultations and say, hey, Tyler, obviously this is private. You're not going to share who I am. Of course not. Um, but, you know, it's not working for me anymore and I need to do something new. And then we start to talk about, you know, getting nutritional ketosis from intermittent fasting, but actually nourishing the body with plants yes, yes. Uh, and foods. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that one. Um, before we wrap up, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the spiritual side of water fasting. You know, many of our spiritual leaders, and there seems to be a 40-day ritual. Can you touch on that a bit, the, the, the spiritual side and how that, how that all works? And I know you've had that experience yourself, and so has your dad. Yeah, so, you know, if we look at the word spirit, it literally means breath. It comes from the Latin esperit, and it means to breathe. So if we were to look at most spiritual people, or people that we see as being spiritual, whoever that is, uh, we'd probably notice that they're very relaxed, calm, and breathing potentially deeply. So my opinion is that when we relax and we allow ourselves to rest and we're not triggered and, you know, mm -hmm. constantly go, 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 running on adrenaline and a little bit, you know, out of place, out of sorts, when we relax and breathe, we become more present. And in a present state of awareness, we really connect with more of our true essence and who we are mm -hmm. and potentially our higher self or call it, you know, kind of the divine presence all around us. And we notice the signs of nature and we are listening and we're more guided by our intuition. Mm. And this is what fasting does. Mm. You know, people are like, da, 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 go, 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 got to get stuff done. You know, putting food in, putting drugs in, putting whatever in. And then when you water fast, all of a sudden you're just like, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no like pushing. And if there is, if people are still like pushing and trying to do stuff, it's really not a good way to water fast. And there's, you know, a lot of people that say, oh, I'm going to do a long water fast. I'm going to film a documentary and I'm going to do this stuff and I'm going to do all these things. And, you know, what they'll find out is that it's, it's not healthy. Um, we actually just need the space and the time um, when we're water fasting, especially to just relax and heal. And there's really, you know, there's really not the energy there to be doing, doing, doing. And so we become humble. Our ego literally just gets its head cut off because all of a sudden, like, you just can't do it. You know, and so the biggest, I think, spiritual growth comes from just the humbleness around water fasting. You just can't do it anymore. And you just kind of like, all right, well, I'm forced to just be in bed. I'm forced to just be in my own shit and forced to maybe go through the rituals to clean things out. 
And if people like follow my methods, I have very clear methods for water fasting, especially that open up all these channels of elimination and breathing exercises and how much water and is there anything I add to the water and mineral balancing and et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, all of a sudden you'll become present and you'll probably meditate on your own. You know, it's like meditation is not something that I typically do, but when I'm water fasting, it's just like, you know, sit back and breathe. Yeah. And it becomes very meditative. So there's a level of a, a high vibration that comes in from breathing and drinking water and being in the sun and connecting with nature if that's possible. Uh, and really, it's a reflective space. So if we know ourselves, I think that's where the highest, you know, spiritual understanding comes from. And that was probably a lot there, but um, and <laughs> yeah. but it was good because you covered also how you help people when they come to fast with you. You you help with processes like breathing, meditation, nature. I mean, I've seen. I do know. I do know a bit about your work, colonics and gua sha, and these things help the body do what it's doing naturally, and that's part of coming to a, I guess, retreat. Yeah. Yeah, either, you know, learning this stuff to facilitate it on your own or coming to a retreat, you know, in a retreat situation, it's kind of set up for you and to have other people supporting you through the process, especially when major mental and emotional blocks come up, mm. you know, and the truth is, you know, it's easy for us to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to learn this stuff and I'm going to do it. But the biggest thing I find is once you're water fasting, all that goes out the window yeah. and it's like, you're not even drinking water you're not doing the exercises, you're not doing the protocols, and then you become super toxic, you have a bad experience, you'll never want to do it again. <laughs> so it's at least like the first time or the first couple times you do an extended water fast, I think to have it facilitated and set these things up yeah. and to be guided through it. Then on the next one, you're like, oh, I need to get up at this time, breathe, I need to drink this much water, I need to go and do these rituals to open my body up, and that's what's going to help you to actually feel somewhat good uh, while you're on a water fast. Yeah, and also to see it through, because it is a challenging process. The most challenging process most people ever go through. Mm, no, it is, it is. I do know that from experience, but it's well worth, it's well worth it. I mean, I, I just... Phenomenal, phenomenal. So I love. Sorry. It builds character. It does. It does. And um, I'd love you to share, if you could, just a, perhaps a case study, just a, an example of what you've witnessed—an amazing story of of what you've witnessed in someone's healing, healing themselves by doing a, a water fast, ten or twenty, thirty days. How how's that? How have you got a story you could share there? Too many. Not too many, but uh, one for today. Where do I go? It's like we could have a whole call just about the stories. Uh, working with a man from Melbourne with stage four lymphatic cancer, um, yeah. going through the fasting process and change of lifestyle within eight months, you know, having a full reversal. Um, multiple young women with major forms of Lyme disease stuck in hospital and at home for years at a time and then coming in fast and having a whole die off of Lyme and being able to go back to a normal life and being inspired. People with heart disease, blood pressure coming down, cholesterol coming down, everything going back to completely normal when they were told that they'd have cardiovascular disease their whole life and have to take three pharmaceutical drugs. You know, it's the list just goes on and on and on because I've worked with major chronic illness mm. you know it's, it's been you know major breakthroughs mm. mentally emotionally physically the whole thing there's not one i could really hone in on you know but guy with stage four colorectal cancer with a massive tumor in his liver um amazing guy you know came to bali 21 day water fast major emotional clearing went home you know continued on his own juice fast just to go in and have every test done and no tumor in his liver, no cancer in his body, completely yeah. healed, you know, has children, you know, now like, he's moved to Adelaide and they're facilitating, you know, a colon hydrotherapy clinic called Bottoms Up, you know, check it out in Adelaide and, you know, living a long life now able to realize, wow, I can be around my children and my family. Like it's, it's huge. It's a really big deal. 
And so, you know, for me, it's the most fulfilling thing that I could do mm. is facilitate processes by which people heal. And, you know, now my next focus is on training an army of people, uh, army of healers, so to speak, that can really facilitate and teach these profound principles and help people through the process. But it's also then just getting back to basics and building a lifestyle that's going to prevent disease ever coming back or working with people to prevent disease so they never have to do, you know, 30 to 40 day water fast. Like we can live lifestyle that we don't ever need to go on a long water fast, but then you would do it for more of the spiritual, mental and emotional reasons, which is more so why I do it. And yes, of course, there's still physical healing that takes place as well. So with your coaches, um, are they heal thyself coaches? Is that what they this, yes. this is new. This is new. I've not heard of this before. That's very exciting. So there'll be heal thyself yeah. coaches. And are there any that are trained up as yet or is this to come? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I launched the program in January of 2018. Okay. Um, it's about an eight-month process if you're you know, really onto it. Uh, for others, it might take a little bit longer if they're just doing it a little bit on the side. You know, it might take up to a year. Uh, but yeah, I have many coaches. Um, I've got amazing transformational stories from a woman with stage four breast cancer, a woman with colon cancer, autoimmune diseases. Like my coaches are already, and you know, some of my coaches had no background whatsoever in health at all, and now they're speaking at health retreats and and putting on their own events and speaking and taking on clients and, and really helping people. So yeah, it's a really profound thing. And if, if you get into like heal thyself tribe, which is our main community, you'll be able to see the coaches and they're in there, you know, talking and helping people. We have coaches in Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, Brisbane, Sydney. So that we already have coaches in all the cities. They'll take your eye photos, see everything that's going on mentally, emotionally, and physically, and be able to give you protocols to target, um, whatever is the main kind of issue, we keep it simple, smart, so we don't overwhelm people. It's like, let's find the one thing that's the main issue, focus on that, and once you kind of heal that, you can come back if you choose to do and work on the next thing. Uh, it's a really nice way to approach things, and if people have major conditions, they can also you know, do extended coaching and stuff like that. So you offer a lot. I mean, you offer retreats in Bali, you're on tour now, the longevity tour around Australia, you have coaches all around Australia, and I imagine they're going to be worldwide at some point soon. So how do people find out, because there is even so much more than I've just mentioned, how do people find out more about you, more about your retreats and what you're offering, your work? Yeah, just tylertolman.com. They can just go and kind of peruse uh, whether somebody's wanting to take this up as a career type of thing, yep. or if they're just wanting to come and be in a fasting situation and clear massive emotional stuff and have like major awakening. Um, my own kind of spiritual teacher does the program with me. His name is Michael Adamides. And I just finished um, one of those programs. Literally the day I finished, I got on a plane that night and flew here to do this tour. So amazing transformation, like super cool. All right, fantastic. So tylertolman.com. And also I want to add that you do have an enormous amount of information out there available in video blogs and your social media pages. Yep, and people send me messages every day and I do my best to answer and just help people on the side. Well, thank you so much, Tyler. Um, the work you're doing is amazing. So I say thank you from me today for sharing this information and, and thank you from everybody who has benefited from, um, from what you're teaching and what you're doing and gosh, the expansion that you're experiencing. You know, I, I mentioned your name to, if I said to a friend of mine, do you know Tyler Tom? And he says, oh yes, I know Tyler. And he said, he's very focused. <laughs> I said, yes, that would be water fasting. <laughs> thank so, you for having me, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it, and uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Hopefully, anybody hearing this uh, will have be inspired to take their lives to the next level, have a little detox, and some growth from it somehow. Thank you so much. Thank you for spending your precious time listening to this podcast episode. 
You can find helpful links related to the topics we have discussed, download some freebies, join our Lionheart community, and view some of our online training course offerings over at the website www.lionheartworkshops.com Please also share this with friends, hit subscribe and leave us a review so that these ideas can spread. Those gold stars help others to find us and we can all grow together. The Lionheart Podcast and Lionheart Online Workshops is an online platform and community designed to enhance your health, natural and spiritual well-being. Until next time, please think about how you will embody your Lionheart and have the courage, dynamism and strength to grow and to reach your highest potential and that is to be the amazing human being that you truly are.